there was a lot of reflection. There was a lot of prayer, a lot of relying on my tribe and just doing the next right thing for my journey, which is always following your heart, even when your ego says you can't anymore. Hi everyone, my name is Natalie Thomas. I am a corporate yoga and meditation teacher, oracle card reader, and wellness mentor, and your host of the Now With Nat podcast. Here on the show, we are about cultivating consciousness and bringing more awareness about mindfulness and spirituality into everyday life. We provide insights on how you can tap into your own personal power and ignite the transformation from within. The guests taking part of the show have greatly inspired me, touched my life, and assisted me on my journey so far. I hope through sharing their stories, work, and knowledge, you too will uncover your soul's purpose and be guided towards self-realization. Now sit back, relax, and get ready for an awakening experience and a newfound sense of inner awareness. All right, hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Now With Nat podcast. I am very excited for today's episode. I really think you guys are going to love the topic of conversation. We are going to dive into a lot of things, mindfulness, spirituality, travel, retreats, you name it. But for now, the introduction for the show, our guest is Alana Roach. Alana is the founder of Explorations of Self and Motherhood Realized. She's a mompreneur, holistic reproductive coach, international yoga teacher, intuitive healer, Reiki, shamanic healer, and board-certified nutritionist. She has led many retreats worldwide and has over 1,000 hours of teaching experience. Alana now assists others on their own path of healing and spiritual awakening through intuitive one-on-one sessions. Alana, welcome to the show. Thank you for such a wonderful introduction. You are so welcome, and I'm really excited to just dive right into it today. I know we have a lot to cover in such a short amount of time, but before we start, can you tell everybody where you're located at the moment? Sure. I'm on the East Coast in Maryland. Awesome. So you're in the U.S., and I know your journey really started perhaps over a decade ago. So I would love to talk more about your background, and can you just fill us in of how you really got started on your journey with mindfulness and spirituality? Oh, sure. I would love to. Sure. So it's been, it has been over a decade now. Mm -hmm. And in 2009, I got sober from the party life and Mm -hmm. sobriety led me to meditation very early on, probably within the first 30 days of my sobriety. And from there, I meditated every day. And when somebody asked me if I wanted to go to a yoga class, I, of course, was interested because meditation and yoga go hand in hand, which I didn't know at the time, but I do now. So really between the meditation and the first yoga class, that's where it all began for me. I remember that first yoga class was life-changing because I felt a sense of relief for the first time, I think, in my entire life when it was over. And for that entire next day, I I just felt like for the first time in my life, the anxiety that I didn't even know I was carrying at the time until Mm -hmm. it was gone, was gone. Wow. Right. So I wanted to share that with others as time passed. Mm -hmm. And then that was the beginning. 
So when you were meditating every day, so you went from a party lifestyle and going out a lot, and then you you were thinking, okay, I'm going to make this conscious decision to make a change, to embark in yoga and meditation. Did you start to notice a change within yourself just by doing that meditation every day? I did. Huge, huge difference. And I started with just a minute. And I noticed after that minute, I was more centered. I felt like I had this connection to a divine spirit inside and outside. And it was something that really shifted my perspective in a huge way right away. So it felt like I needed it like water. I didn't feel the same if I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. And I have an addictive personality, of course. So I did it every day, like right away. Wow. <laughs> yes. I can relate to your body starts to get addicted to it. And that's even like similar to yoga because you're, you're right. It goes hand in hand. And I find that when I personally don't do that, my body is like, what are you doing? Like feed me or, you know, give me that vitality, that awakening energy. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't go without it now. It's wow. crazy to think I ever did. <laughs> wow. So you were so you started practicing yoga and meditation. And what happened from that point? Like, did you shift your life? Did you, is that when you start traveling? What was the turning point after practicing yoga and meditation? Sure. So yoga was a slow journey, I want to mm -hmm. say. It's something that I started with with about like three days of like a long practice every week in a studio and it increased to you know five days over that three year span to eventually what will become a daily practice at least a six day a week practice of the physical practice the asana mm -hmm. practice mm -hmm. um, in India but I don't know you know I think I think shifts happen incrementally so it's hard to say like oh all of a sudden like you know, this is what mm -hmm. happened because it was, it was a slow journey yeah. and patience, I didn't, right? yeah, patience. And I didn't start teaching until three years after I had a solid practice. I think even with meditation, I mean, I'm sure you can, you can relate to this is through teaching meditation, you know, a lot of times we want that instant fix and we want that the instant results, but meditation is kind of like going to the gym or doing a big workout where it takes practice and patience and discipline to really start to see those results come up and show up for you. And that's the whole aspect of even mindfulness and spirituality is it's not that quick fix. It's not the candles and sandals. It's the, the patience and really taking the time to, to work on yourself as I'm sure what you just mentioned and experienced. Absolutely. You know, I just had this visual of a memory from... Mm -hmm from my living in Costa Rica and yes. relating yoga to surfing and how I got into surfing and the contrast between my then boyfriend at the time and me and mm -hmm. my approach to it was yoga taught me to sit for about 30 days and watch the surf before I even attempted. Mm -hmm. Whereas my my partner who wasn't really into yoga very much was awesome, but just a different approach. He like... <laughs> had never surfed before and he just like first day just took his board and went way out to the lineup and he got wrecked you know like he was <laughs> yeah it's crap but I watched and yoga taught me to watch and wait and when I felt the I felt the readiness I took it slowly you know I'd go out to the wash and mm -hmm. then like 
mm-hmm. a couple of months later, I'd go out to the lineup and I just took my time. So yoga exactly. does, it teaches us to take our time. To have the, no, that's such a good analogy of like, if you just want to dive right into it, like you get like smacked back the other way. It's like, no, 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 not yet. Slow down, <laughs> come back to breath, right? Come back to that intuitive feeling and mindfulness of being still and then prepare yourself to go out. Exactly. <laughs> it teaches us to mm-hmm. listen to our intuition as well. So did you head to India first or Costa Rica? When did your travels really start? Oh, yeah. So it was India first Mm -hmm. and India changed my life. I ended up going there with that same boyfriend in 2011 Mm -hmm. after a few years of working a whole lot as a waitress and also going to school, going to university. So I took a semester off. I went to India with him and my eyes were just opened. It was like the first time I'd ever been out of the country. I had always wanted to travel. I got my passport years earlier with no destination. Mm -hmm. I just, I knew when the opportunity came to go to India that I was supposed to go. I always say India was calling, you know, as, as places do, you know, that from living it. Yes. I have chills. Yeah. <laughs> I have like right? I have goosebumps from you talking about India. So was India a place you always imagined you would go or was that something that came up for you and you were like, I'm going to jump on this opportunity or was it more like, oh, I'm, I've been thinking about India for a while? Sure. So retrospectively, I know I'd always... I'd always dreamt of India. I remember watching the Disney movie, The Little Princess as a little girl, and she climbs on top of the Buddha head and Mm -hmm. the big lake, and she sits there. And I remember specifically feeling the life of God or divine or whatever you want to call it for the first time watching that scene. So when I put these two pieces together, when when India started calling me later in life, Mm -hmm at 25. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, like I've always wanted to go there. And I feel like I've, I've always been meant to go. Yeah. yeah. It was a calling yeah. from early age and who knows, we could have even had past lives there, that inner intuition since you were born to head to India. And yeah. from going to India, take us on your journey. Was it a month long? Were you there for a few days? Did you practice yoga? How has your mindfulness practice really shifted from being in India? Sure. So I thought when I went to India that I would meet a a guru, you know, and Mm -hmm. I would fall under their lineage and practice under them like the whole time. And Mm -hmm. and when I had gone to India, we didn't have a set amount of time that we were going. We were just going. So when I got there and we started getting deeper into our travels and following the word of like backpackers and not really having a plan. It was awesome. I noticed there weren't so many teachers that were available just like on the map, easily to find. And through that lack of them being available in the places that we were at, I started Mm -hmm. practicing solely on my own and I developed my home practice in Uh India. Wow. So it was a beautiful gift, unexpected. It wasn't my plan. Mm -hmm. However, it got me very much in touch with my inner self, Mm -hmm. what I call like the higher self. Mm -hmm. That's how I started to develop my my intuition and my practice. And now Mm -hmm. I I mostly practice on my own anyway. (laughs) It taught, yeah, it taught you how to have that one-on-one practice, well, one-on-one with yourself really. 
And also going to India, and this is something that has come up with interviews and just for myself personally, was did you find that traveling was this very deep and spiritual experience for you just to be outside of your own country and seeing people and meeting people from a different culture, a different background and their teachings? Absolutely. I believe that traveling and experiencing different cultures and different parts of Pachamama and, mm-hmm. and this earth is our best teacher. It gets you out of routine yeah. and it really does awaken you to the moment. Sometimes you're forced yes. into the moment, right? It just, it really reminds you that there's way more out there. This is like a whole big picture that we are a very small part of. Mm-hmm. It's refreshing. It's mm-hmm. like a reset. Yeah, it's like a complete reset. Like, wow, I I didn't realize there was so much more to life than just me being in my country. And that's what makes traveling itself such a spiritual experience. And then, of course, to be in India where that spirituality and that mindfulness is heightened, it changes a lot within you. And I have not been to um, India personally, but it's on my to-go list, like one of my top three places. But I can only imagine the feeling that you felt when you were there, especially spending some time there. Yeah. And you know, there's part, there's parts of India too, that really test your patience. Like, it's- yes, I'm sure of, I've heard <laughs> it teaches you all sides of the spiritual plane. <laughs> it is just right? incredible. It's incredible. Like the first time you go to Delhi is one experience versus mm-hmm. like the next time you go, like it starts yes. to become a part of you. But when you're mm-hmm. first there, it's like, what? Like, where am I? Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's very humbling. After India and you went through another realization, is that when you decided to embark on your retreat business? Oh, yeah. So it was a combination of things. Mm -hmm. I went from really being in the rat race, Mm -hmm. but knowing there was something else for me to Mm -hmm. then, then being taken out of it and having this like outer perspective of all of it. And I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I remember listening to podcasts and reading different articles on, on different like sites and blogs that said, we are meant to follow what really lights us up as a career and as a lifestyle. And I started to really meditate on what made mm-hmm. me happy. Mm-hmm. And through that, I listed yoga and traveling and I enjoy writing very much. Mm-hmm. I always have. So I created explorationsofself.com as a travel blog, similar to you, I know. And and from there, the retreats were birthed, but they weren't, weren't, you know, to be until about a year later. So it started as a travel blog. And what year was that? That was in 2000 and because the year turned when we came back. So 2011, 2012. Wow. Yeah. It was almost like, because now there's so many, now there's a lot of retreats, I feel. But at that time, I didn't even know much. I didn't get into retreats until two years ago. So at that time, I'm sure that you were kind of pioneering and for people to travel. And that's also before Instagram. You know, I think a lot of traveling boom from Instagram. But Mm -hmm. to embark on that beforehand, is definitely pioneering the way in a sense, especially with retreats and getting people out of their comfort zones and to travel. And before we go into explorations of self, so you've been traveling, you had, in a sense, a spiritual awakening, I'm sure, in the US before India. 
how did you find your sobriety? Was that difficult? Was that easier to maintain now that you've had a, um, a spiritual practice and has your life massively shifted? How was that whole transition? Sure. So my spiritual awakening happened a couple years prior to me, really, really like mm-hmm. every day um, living this life. Mm-hmm. And it was something out of a movie. It was like all of a sudden a light switch was turned on and I have chills talking about it right now, but it was like all of a sudden, all of my psychic abilities were switched on. All of my chakras were opened. I could see auras mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was just crazy. Wow. So uh, you were just like, this is all happening at once. You're seeing auras, your psychic abilities are massively heightened. Because we're all psychic and, and we're all spiritual in this on the world, but it's how we can access these tools. So for you, the right. whole light switch is turned on. Did it did it scare you in any way, or did you have a sense of did you feel isolated? Did you have a support group? How was that experience? I don't think many people um, really talk about the spiritual awakenings part of it. I think the reason people don't really speak to their spiritual awakenings when they happened around this time, because I've talked to a lot of people, including you, who experienced something like this around the same time I did, is because at the time, it was considered kind of crazy. People weren't really talking about spirituality in the United States, at least to this Mm -hmm. degree. And to speak of it openly was to be judged. Totally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so when it happened for me, I, I knew it was real. I felt elated. I've never really felt the kind of bliss that I felt within that month of that awakening, what yogis call kundalini rising or yes. kundalini awakening. Mm-hmm. And there were times of peace. There were times of being very scared Mm -hmm. because I could see different realms all of a sudden, including this one, both upper and lower, what shamans use Mm -hmm. all the time when they do their healing. I had no idea what I was seeing or feeling, Mm -hmm. except I felt the love of our creator. And it reminded me that I had a deep, deep, deep purpose that was very important. And if I didn't wake up to that, I might be taken out or something. I don't know, but I was like, I was going down one path and this, this turned me at that crossroads to the path totally. that I'm on now. I have chills for me saying that because I can relate in so many ways. And I understand what you were saying about, you know, you can't, you couldn't really talk about it at that time. And even for myself, I was on this party too much path, not really sure. I came from a really, really tough job. And similar to you, it was like one one day or over a period of a few days, I think, I had all the lights turned on and it was like, whoa. And then living, living in the US and especially in the South at the time, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm realizing all this stuff and all this information's coming at you and you want to share with everybody. But then you do share and people are like, what are you talking about? Oh, that's nice. You know, was that similar for you? It was almost like, "Mm, I I don't know where you're going with this, Nat. So that's kind of how I felt. (laughs) Yes, because my tribe was not manifested yet. The tribe that you and I know and love Mm -hmm. so much, that's now every part of my life was not Mm -hmm. there yet. So I had the friends that I partied with that I was talking to about this that were like, did you take acid? And I was like, no. Yeah, I know. They're like, what are you on? I'm like, I am life. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even like... (laughs) 
acid was never my thing. It was yeah. like, but it was like that. It was, it was amazing, mm-hmm. you know? And then I had my mother who completely thought I had gone off the deep end. You know, she, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, that was just, mm-hmm. it was, it was such a contrast from everything that I'd known until that moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so grateful that wow. there's, there's been such a shift in our consciousness collectively. Mm-hmm. We have each other now. It was almost like you, and we didn't really have the tools you have today to navigate this. So it was like finding that tribe and really holding them tight because you're like, you understand. Like we didn't have Instagram and like this wasn't talked about on Facebook really. I mean, or maybe it was, I didn't see it. So it's been such incredible to see how it's like shifted over time in general and how more people are becoming awake, but definitely being also being discerning at the same time of what you see. Absolutely. Super mm-hmm. discerning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Discernment that comes through meditation, right? Yes. (laughs) The discernment through meditation and protecting your energy and knowing what's true to you and what's not. So you've had this massive awakening. And of course, it's a slow process. You're learning. It's like you gather up the pieces along the way. And that led you to create essentially your blog and your first, was that your first business? Explorations of Self? Yeah, that was my first LLC and Mm -hmm. the foundation of everything that has come through me as a conduit for divine ever since. I'm incredibly grateful for that start. Wow. So take us on the journey of explorations of self. So it started off as a blog and transitioned to retreats. It did. It did. So I, I ended up coming back to Estados Unidos, United States, uh-huh. three months after backpacking and living in India with a then boyfriend. And we landed in Annapolis, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And I went through a 200-hour yoga teacher training at that point in Ashtanga and Vinyasa. And right away, I started teaching full-time. I quit college. I knew this is what I wanted to do very much, like very clear. And I quit the restaurants. Mm -hmm. And immediately, I started researching how to put on retreats because I knew I wanted to travel the world and work and do what I had talked about in India. I was like determined to do this. It felt like, you know, the wind was at my back making it all happen. And we started looking for different places to live again, because once you've been out of the United States and seen the world, I feel like it's at least people like us, it's like, you got to get out again. You got to go Oh yeah, <laughs> live somewhere else, the travel bug, so right? long you can stay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we ended up finding Costa Rica was calling and mm-hmm. we sold everything we had just about. I ended up moving there with a couple suitcases about a year later. And then I taught my first retreat in January of the following year. So wow. it was just a magical experience. You know, I went through a breakup with that same boyfriend about a month before that first retreat happened. And that was a whole wow. process, but it was the birthing of what would become my retreat business. So it was like annually Costa Rica and it grew from there. I was doing multiple retreats a year up to six. For people listening to who want to start, they're on this path and they want to start the business and they're going through a hard time. I'm sure your mindfulness practices, did that really help you navigate those scary transitions? So starting the business on your own to going through a breakup, did you really rely on your tools at that moment? did. 
there was a lot of reflection. There was a lot of prayer. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of relying on my tribe and just doing the next right thing for my journey, which is always following your heart, even when your ego says you can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Keep following it, it. Keep doing what makes you uncomfortable if it's in alignment with your true heart's desires. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. my philosophy. Well, that's very brave to move to Costa Rica and start a whole business. And, you know, you always say, take, if something's scary, but feels good and exciting, that's how you know you're on the right path, following that intuition. Absolutely. And like weighing out, like what's the worst that could happen? Truly like writing it all down and Mm -hmm. weighing your options, meeting it with Mm -hmm. both your heart and also, also your logical, logical side. Yeah. And just going for it. And how was Costa Rica? Was that experience in itself and like another really deep experience for you, similar to India, different than India? Totally, totally different in so many ways. I actually felt more isolated in Costa Rica. We were living in Santa Teresa, which is a beautiful spot, one of the top 10 surf beaches in the world. Mm-hmm. Learning how to surf was my journey there for yeah. sure. It taught me so much on a like a personal level. So I having more time to just be with the beach and the surf and of course the yoga practice, being like miles away from any sort of store without a car, mm-hmm. walking to go get water, it like really brought me back to the basics. Mm-hmm. And you know, some days were just like you're very much confronted with yourself. It reminds me of that that movie with that volleyball Wilson and Passed Away. Yes, yes. I was I was like living cast away as a yogi. <laughs> the universe forces you to be alone a lot of times, I think, as well when you're going through this process. I mean, we're here and there even over your life. It's true. And I think at that time what the universe was really encouraging me to do was um, be more independent. I'd Mm -hmm. always been very codependent on other people, especially in intimate relationships. So living there and then going through that breakup, I was like, I can do this. I can do this. I don't need you. I've I've got this. I've got like my tribe, of course, but like I've got something even greater, which is Mm -hmm. my connection to spirit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. That trust, yeah. that knowing, and knowing that you being alone and us being alone is our true nature of who we really are. And that's where we truly grow. And when we work on ourselves, we reach others around us. And I'm sure by you going through that experience and then you then showing up for the retreats, you have massive amounts to give and to teach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are true. <laughs> and I'm sure you know from leading them, they're like, uh, you're like a shamanic journey from the time that people sign up, not just for you as the mm-hmm. facilitator, but for the people going, of course. And mm-hmm. within a week's time or two weeks time, like you are completely different. Oh yeah. It's so transformational. I love it. Massively. Massively. Massively different. And also, so you were so when you were doing these retreats in Costa Rica, were they all in Costa Rica? Did you go um, to any other countries? And how has explorations of self really evolved since the retreats? Because I know you offer so many um, services now as a healer. I do. I <laughs> Which do. is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I've, 
I've been experimenting and I think experimenting is a part of the entrepreneur's path from what I've heard and connected in with a lot of different entrepreneurs. That's the way it goes. And so in the beginning, I was like, you know, I'd like to run as many retreats as I possibly can. And so I continue to do Costa Rica annually for, gosh, you know, seven years, eight years. And then I added in the next year, I added in Nicaragua, and that was inspired through Mm -hmm. the combination of surf and yoga in Costa Rica. Like I noticed everybody was surfing anyway, why not bring them together? And Nicaragua, specifically in Papua, Mm -hmm. they've got an incredible point break there. And so I started doing them annually there too. And then I felt, I felt Peru, of course, it's a very sacred land was calling. And mm-hmm. I started doing them in Peru for a few years as well. So they grew and grew. I had three and then we had deposits down in Belize and different spots. It's evolved. And then it's also, it's also been honed in again. So I'm just doing Bali next year. Pray tell like all goes well with COVID. But like I decided at one point that it just felt it felt like i was supposed to get back into the groove of traveling for the pure joy of it rather than the business mm-hmm. side of it and i mm-hmm. i thought you know i really like to go somewhere else so now we're just doing one at the moment <laughs> yeah no and that 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 makes sense and i wanted to ask about the transition you had through traveling and through the shifts of your life over this time that led you to covid and how you've been dealing with covid because there's so there's been so many uncertainties in the world a lot of people have been nervous you know there's just been a massive shift collectively on an astrological level on a human race level on a mother nature level. How have you been dealing with um, the COVID and how has that impacted you? On a personal level, I really miss, I miss all the travel, but I know that it's starting to open up again, which I I'm so excited about. Mm -hmm. And initially I was actually kind of relieved. I was of course like, you know, like very concerned about my health, everyone's health, but I felt the current of spirit of divine in in this situation. And I, I've known and I know it's going to be okay. I think this has been a great time for pause and reflection mm-hmm. to slow down, which I can be very bad at when I get into the sure. groove of of working. I can God, I can get so addicted to work because I love my work, but it can get to be too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. So the shift has been to slow down again and to be more rooted and to create roots and to create more community. Mm-hmm. And um, to really start to build out my teachings on a global level through this beautiful vessel called the internet, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Upsides mm-hmm. <laughs> to the wow. internet. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's been a very interesting year, just the shifts we've all had to make. And even a lot of people had to re- go into their mindfulness practices. Maybe they didn't have a mindfulness practice before. Maybe they were practicing it. And we've had to really rely on that, trusting the God, the universe, higher power of, okay, you know, this is meant to be, and this is for a reason. And we are going inwards and we're getting rooted. We're getting grounded now. Where before, I think we were just a little too far in our masculines, in a sense of go, go, go. Yeah. Amen. You're right. It's true. It's true. And it's, it's, it's definitely brought us into our feminine and like, we need to harness both in a balanced way. Like we, we really have an opportunity here to grow in a way that would maybe have never been possible if we didn't go through this unfortunate pandemic. There's always an upside. 
always an upside. And I think even through this too, now that people are working more from home and people are like, wow, I'm, I'm reevaluating my life and what I want. And that travel is such a big part of that. Spirituality, mindfulness is definitely not all candles and sandals. And we have to go through those tough times to like uproot everything that needs to get uprooted. Amen. Yes. And mm-hmm. to build the community locally too, where mm-hmm. we're at. You know? I love that. I love that. Even supporting more local community and supporting like the local brands and the local produce. And I think that in a sense has been hopefully positive for people that we're now starting to give back in different ways and more mindful of where we're buying from as well. But I do want to talk about as well. So you are a mother and you have been balancing, you balance work and retreats, and travel. And I've met other uh, mompreneurs out there, and some travel and some want to travel. Do you have any advice for them? Or what has your personal experience been like? I've always wanted to be a mother. I know it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like I would have it no other way. I'm a single mother um, and an entrepreneur, and I love it. And as far as traveling goes, it's definitely, again, not for everybody, but for the people it is for, Mm -hmm. I really encourage you to bring your kids. Mm -hmm. There is nothing that compares to the education I believe that our children can get from experiencing different parts of the world, different cultures. Mm -hmm. My daughter is the friendliest, most happy-go-lucky, most laid-back little girl that you'd ever meet. And I attribute it to her being so many different places with me and being around so many different languages and Mm -hmm. learning different languages from such a young age and really seeing you know, different lifestyles. She has an appreciation for people and she just, she loves to see people smile and she'll talk to anybody mm-hmm. within reason, of course. But yes. it's just, I really encourage you just take your kids. There's always a way to figure it out and have fun while you're doing it. I just got chills from you talking about that yeah. and how traveling is such, <laughs> I, I, I personally don't have kids, but I know children, they're like, their minds, but like a sponge. So they absorb everything so easily in their environment and the knowledge and like what they can learn, even the languages. So, and I'm sure, cause it shapes us as adults. So as, as a child traveling, it really opens your eyes to the rest of the world in a sense of like, we're all just people. <laughs> we are all human. It brings that connection. Absolutely. And it's an adventure. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. I love, and I, yeah. I guess I'm not really into the nightlife like I used to be, of course. Mm-hmm. Like occasionally yeah. I'll go out, but like, you know, I go to bed early. I like getting up early. So exactly. for me, it's like, what's the big deal? Like your kids Aww. are there. It's like breathing, you know? Yeah. And what, what sign is your daughter? What horoscope is she? She's a wonderful Taurus. Oh, so she's great. Cause are you an earth sign too? I'm a Capricorn. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're, she's a triple earth. Yeah. She's wow. Double Virgo Taurus and just such a magical person. I, she's like yeah. all unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> she has that beautiful grounding energy. She probably really feels the earth too of each place you go. She does. <laughs> and she, she's like, She's a fortune teller. She was born in her water sack, which is said to give you like the guarantee mm-hmm. that you have lots of gifts that are already turned on. And she's definitely wow. demonstrated that That's during amazing. our travels. Yeah. Amazing. And so many more. How old is she now? 
She's four. Amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. And you have fire in your chart, right? <laughs> I do. I, I discovered the fire later in life, actually, through being an entrepreneur. My Vedic chart is mostly fire, yes. but my Western chart is very earth, though there be some fire hidden in there. But mm-hmm. Vedic, I think I'm growing into it because the majority of my chart is fire. It's like Aries and all sorts of things, you know? Yep. And the Sag, yeah. the travelers, the philosophy, the, the seekers of seekers of life. <laughs> yeah. So. And Leo, like Leo's mm-hmm. fire, right? Yeah. Sure. Leo's fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm a triple fire in beta. Oh my gosh. It's so <laughs> funny. Isn't that weird? That's awesome. I think I'm Scorpio in beta. I'm like double of fire in regular and then Scorpio and rising Sag in Vedic as well. So. Wow. I love that. So I know you have your retreat coming up in Bali, which um, we'll talk a little bit more about, but where are you at right now with your practices and your work and your offerings? For my spiritual practice, um, Mm -hmm. always yoga, always meditation. I've also been gifted a mentor from the universe Mm -hmm. for A Course in Miracles over the last two years, which has just been so good for me. Oh my Uh, gosh, I love it it's just brought me out of this mentality that I had to constantly battle like guilt and shame because it basically says like, that's an illusion, mm-hmm. you know? So that's been awesome. And through that, I've been on this course of really honing my skills as well in a joyful way. I believe that joy is our birthright and that we mm-hmm. should express that in, in every single way, um, mm-hmm. along with all of it, of course. Mm-hmm. But I've been giving more online readings, intuitive energy healings of late, which is totally bizarre to me. I mean, I love doing that. It's just interesting because they keep falling into my lap and and I'm good at it. I'm good at being a conduit for other Mm -hmm. people. And in addition to that, I am also working on a course to help women with their fertility through my own journey of healing over the last 10 years after being told that I couldn't have a child, most likely from Mm -hmm. a diagnosis of PCOS to then birthing my baby and having a very healthy everything, you know, never any issues there after I did this healing. So I wanted to share that with women because it's a pandemic as well in this, in this country, all over the world. And I believe that, you know, you don't always have to go the traditional route. There are other ways for some women that are open to it. And, Mm -hmm. and I want to show them how. That's awesome. Yeah. Following that path, knowing if it doesn't vibe with you to live that traditional life, then knowing it's okay. It's making the non-traditional normal. I, who even uses the word normal, but okay to do and accepted and accepting yourself through that. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. And if anyone wants to book a session with you, where can they find you? Sure. So they could email me. This is a mouthful at explorationsofself at gmail.com. You can also go to explorationsofself.com. Dot com and mm-hmm. I'm also easily available on social media so you can find me at freedom yogi on mm-hmm. Instagram as well as explorations of self and mm-hmm. then Facebook is probably my largest medium quite the tribe on Facebook I think that's awesome. how we is that how we connected no I think through, yeah I think through email and we had like like passing through the connections and, yeah you know how the universe networking. works in funny ways networking and I know you mentioned the Course in Miracles and that kind of sparked something with me because I used to read a lot about the Course in Miracles personally and I have the book. I got the book, I think in 2014 perhaps and I started doing the practices. Has And you said that has massively shifted a lot of your thinking as well, right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you do like one practice a day or a week? It could be, you know, how you want to do it for him. Yeah. It, yeah. It's more, I think if you're more a personality, like I am, it's, mm-hmm. it's actually getting out of that mind frame and approaching mm-hmm. it from a space of lightness. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people if they're getting the book for the first time, never really looked at it before, don't really know what it's about. Just open up a page, read it. I believe that every time you do that, you're reading something that's meant for you mm-hmm. and then give it time to digest. So if it digests uh-huh. in a day, great. But for me, I'll do a practice once every few days. Okay. Um, and then discussing it with someone who's gone through it or somebody who's going through it with you, I believe is like the way to do it. At I least it's that. one way. It's amazing because yes. there's so much there, you know, it's so conversational. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners yeah. out there, The Course of Miracles, a great book um, just to reprogram, come back to your essence of who you are, spirituality gives you little ships of how you could live your life. And thank you so much for your time today, Alana. And it's been awesome hearing about your journey. I'm going to go ahead and add all of your information to the show notes. So if people want to contact you and they want more information about your Bali retreat as well, you know, and book a session with you, they can. And just one more thing before we go. And I know we kind of touched on this, but I think just to wrap it all up, if there is a mom out there or, or someone who's maybe going through a spiritual awakening practice and they're feeling a little isolated or alone and not really sure, do you have any advice for people on their spiritual journey and how to you know, step into that power? Sure. I think connecting with like-minded community is mm-hmm. important. And you know, luckily we have Facebook and we have a lot not not like a ton but there are a lot of a lot of conscious mothers single mm-hmm. mothers or not that are in facebook groups there's single millionaire groups on facebook mm-hmm. so just get connected as much as possible when you're feeling alone and then remember that you are meant for greatness and your kids are part of that and to allow them to be a part of that will not only help them but it'll motivate you to levels you didn't even know were possible i love that well thank you so much and thank you everybody who's taking the time to listen today and have a good rest of your day alana and we'll be chatting soon take care namaste thank you so much Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into today's episode. Please make sure to visit thenowwithnot.com for more information on how you can step into your own power and ignite the transformation from within. Here you can also download a free 10-minute guided meditation. Have an amazing rest of your day, and until next time, namaste.